it's important that you understand what the qualifications are. The basic qualifications for one of these loans is you have to have the net worth equal to or greater than the loan. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here. It's a good day. Well, we're excited to be able to talk to you guys. We get some good stuff for you guys. A couple of different topics today that we want to talk about. So I think we should just jump right into them, Heather. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe an important reminder, especially to new investors. I was telling you just this morning, Ron, that we're seeing an influx of people who call us and want to jump straight into apartment deals or commercial deals. And they come to me and our team because our team isn't really trained in that. And so they'll come over to talk to me about commercial deals. And I will say, wait, just tell me about this investor. Can they even get in the game? And as we dig, most of the time, I would say almost everyone isn't ready to get in the game. And I think understanding why is important. Yes, for sure. I posted like a week ago about baseball analogy where everybody wants to hit a grand slam home run Mm -hmm. on every single deal, but that's not the way you win baseball games. You win baseball games by getting on base, consistently getting on base. And you can get on base with a bunt. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's not sexy. I mean, if I'm watching the game, somebody bunts, I'm like, eh. It's true. But then it does get exciting with the scramble and everything, but you can get on base with a bunt. My point is, if you did that over and over again, if you could actually do it, you'd still score. Yeah. I think one point you made that I remember is you talked about what if the bases are loaded and then you hit the grand slam. Yeah. And the only way you can load the bases is you're getting base hits or doubles. Yes. You're not hitting a home run. No, If every time you went to bat, you hit a home run, nobody would ever be on base. So you couldn't possibly hit a grand slam home run. Yes, exactly. Multiplier effect of having people on base and moving through. So it's funny because literally today, this morning, a friend of mine named Mike Hambright, who's a really smart real estate investor, he wrote something really similar, but a little more pointed. He said, you know why real estate investors fail? They try to go straight to the major leagues without even playing t-ball. So another baseball baseball analogy. (laughs) Yeah, Baseball seems to work really well. Okay. (laughs) He said, this immediate gratification society we live in, everybody wants to go from the starting gate to financially free rock star instantly. And it doesn't work like that. In fact, it can't work like that. I love this. There's also a ton of carnage of one hit wonders. Those that came out of nowhere to crush it. Everybody wants to be like them, but then they often disappear just as quickly as they rose up as they didn't have the necessary foundation to handle the change. And that is exactly what you were talking about, Heather. Yes. Everybody wants to just come in guns ablaze and, and just be done. Like yeah. next year, I'm done. I'm retired. And How do they want to do that? Well, you were just talking about the people that you were kind of going over to see if they could even do this. They don't even qualify. No, because they don't own any rental property. Like he said, go straight to the major leagues. I don't own any rental property and I barely have the funds to buy a commercial property, but I want to pay like nothing and get into the commercial game. Like it's not logical either. And I mean, for our team, it's like, well, we got to tell these people the truth. We got to tell them that this isn't realistic. I mean, we'll tell you guys the truth here on the podcast. The reality of the situation is if you've never owned a rental property, you have no business buying an apartment complex. I don't care whoever out there told you 
at the seminar that you went to, but it is not as easy as just hiring a property management company. There's a whole lot more that goes into running one of those. And if you screw up, you've screwed up by a hundred units or however many units. And it's hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands. It's not a couple hundred here, or maybe a few thousand there. It's stuff that can like completely financially destroy you. Yeah. You can get in and over your head because you started in over your head. You can't start that way. Yeah. I mean, so same thing here. This article, I think, Heather, that we were talking about where... Oh, yeah. That multifamily. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just reading this article the other day and I was on a podcast and we discussed this the other day. I was on a friend's podcast. We were talking about all of these big syndicators that are going down. And when I say big, I mean people with like half a billion dollars or like a billion seven, four, like huge syndicators. Some of these came out of nowhere. Like Mike said, they're just like showed up on scene all of a sudden and they are just killing it. Everything's great. And they're losing properties right and left. I mean, if you haven't been in the real estate game for a little while, Ron, just even understand those adjustable rate mortgages and what can happen if rates go up. I was talking to a client a couple of weeks ago that did an all-in-one mortgage on their primary residence. And a couple of years ago, man, those sounded so good. They sounded so good. And he is stressed out because his all-in-one payment on his primary residence is going to be up over nine, nine and a half percent. And he is stressed out. And so is his wife and trying to figure out what to do because they did not anticipate the interest rates would go up like they did, mm-hmm. which actually makes sense. I mean, no one really knew that was going to happen the way it did, I should say. But if you get into a commercial development and you're owning several million dollars and have millions in debt, then you have an even bigger problem that you wouldn't be prepared for. I mean, I don't know what to say about these guys. I mean, some of these guys had almost no experience and they just started buying gigantic apartment complexes. And we've talked at length about the offering memorandums that these guys were sending out. Yeah. It was clear that they didn't have any experience in this market and they shouldn't have been doing this. What's worse is the banks, they should have been looking at these deals with way more scrutiny than they have. This article, we'll post it in the show notes. This article is so bad. One of the standout things that I saw, Heather, was there's so many people who say that the cap rates are just going to kind of hang out. We're just going to be living with 5%, 4.5%, 5% cap rates for a long, long time. It's funny because that's really not what the article said. The article said is that cap rates usually track with the 10-year treasury, and they're usually about 3% higher than the treasury. Well, the 10-year treasury right now is at 4%. Just over 4%, right? It's almost unthinkable that at some point the cap rates don't expand because right now you almost have to pay cash because leverage isn't good. Leverage is actually a bad thing right now. It makes less sense. Man, it's not going to be good for the people who jump into this stuff and don't know what they're doing. So please don't do that. And for the love of all that is holy, if you don't know what you're doing, please don't raise money to do it. Yes, We talked about this. If you have an adjustable rate mortgage and three years go by and your note is due or you have to refinance and the rate has doubled and you don't have the equity in the property too for a refi, I mean, it can make your monthly payment so high that it doesn't make sense anymore. And so if you're getting into real estate, you don't own any property and you think that you can jump in. I mean, even these people with experience are in trouble. So 
I think a couple of things that we should talk about, Ron, are ways that people can prepare themselves. So with my team, when I started getting all these people coming over with commercial, I said, man, let's help people and let's help them if they want to get in that game. Let's help people prepare to get in that game with some of those base hits that you were talking about. First, I would say owning out-of-state property, like having some out-of-state rental property with professional property management to show some experience to the bank would be I don't know, starting point. Yeah. Let's start to understand the loan products. Yes. That's a good point. Let's understand what the banks are actually looking for. And I can tell you that it's not going to get easier to qualify for these loans. It's just not. I mean, the banks are themselves going to be in trouble to some degree. I think local and regional banks, the big three or four or five or however many they are in the big those banks are going to be fine because they haven't really made a whole lot of these commercial loans. But the local and regional banks, credit unions, they have, and they're also going to be in trouble. Yeah. Right. So they're going to be tightening up. It's important that you understand what the qualifications are. The basic qualifications for one of these loans is you have to have the net worth equal to or greater than the loan. If you think you're going to go out there and buy a $10 million property and you don't have $8 million net worth, it's just not going to happen. Or you're going to have to go get a balance sheet partner, which you could do. But if you're going to go get a balance sheet partner, and you're going to raise money. Well, then you need somebody who knows how to operate the properties too, not just a property manager, like somebody who actually understands how to operate a property. Well, and we should talk about what a balance sheet partner is, Ron. If we're talking to people that want to get in this game and don't know where to start, I mean, that's basically having a partner that can show those assets and net worth to help you qualify. Kind of like a co-signer on a car or something like that that you get when you're a kid. Yeah, pretty big co-signer. Yeah, pretty big co-signer. Pretty big co Now, I'll say from the article that we're going to link, there's a lot of people out there who can sell this. Just because you can sell it, just because you can raise the money doesn't mean that you should be raising yes. the money, I guess is what yes. I'm trying to say. Yep. Right? There's a lot of people out there who are really good at sales that wouldn't have any problem raising money. That doesn't mean they should. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but one of our core values is integrity. And one of the definitions of that word, because we get into every meeting, we go over our core values as a team, and we get into the definition of each core value. We speak the truth, no matter how painful. And I think when people come over and talk to us and say, well, I want to get into commercial property. This is where I want to start is speaking the truth and telling them this is not a good place for you to start. Here's why. And if you want to get into commercial, these are ways to do it. So owning that out of state property, building your balance sheet, which real estate is a great way to do that. I never thought I'd have the net worth that I have. And it's almost all real estate. It's awesome. Yep. And it happened slowly and happened over time. Yes. The takeaway from all of this is that it's perfectly fine to want to do bigger deals. I always wanted to do bigger deals too, but you do have to get some experience. There's a reason why the banks want you to have experience owning real estate. I mean, it's not a ton, but we have some people who buy real estate, just small real estate, and they find out they're not cut out for this deal. And real estate isn't for everybody. Exactly. Gosh, would really suck if you bought like... I don't know, 100 units, 200 units to decide that you hate this business and you're not good at it? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that would really not be cool. Like if you don't enjoy it and you don't enjoy even devoting any kind of time to it. I had a call with a client this week that it was like, I'm having to spend time on this and I hate that. And I'm like, oh, well, that's good to know. I met with my daughter. Maybe, oh, go ahead, go. Maybe you should just do the mad Yelper and go get some blue chip yeah. stocks. Less work for less return, which is fair. <laughs> Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, by the way. Yes. I met with my daughter this week. The last two weeks, we've talked about setting up a management company and I am moving forward. I already emailed JJ and said, let's do this. And I met with my 13-year-old daughter. I sat her down with me and I looked at one of our properties and I explained, okay, 
here was what I need your help with. I need to verify the rent collection, verify the expenses paid, things like that. And I thought it would be so easy to teach her. I thought it would be so simple. And she looked at me and she goes, I'm not following mom. Like, I don't understand. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then fast forward the next day I met with my son and I talked with him about it. I didn't show him as many numbers. I tried so hard to dumb it down. And he said, mom, I don't understand. I think you're going to need to explain it again. It's a good reminder that starting where you're at is the best way and diving deep. And we're probably belaboring the point, but it's so important to start where you can digest the information and learn and grow and then move on to the next thing. Because I thought what I was explaining was very basic. It was like the tenant pays you rent, you pay your expenses, and I need help tracking those two things. That's how I felt like I was explaining it. I'm sure it was more complex than that. But my kids are pretty bright and they were like, we need to try again. (laughs) Yeah. Well, these are concepts that people don't talk about. But I can tell you, if you go to a weekend seminar and you learn all about apartment complexes, you're not ready to go buy an apartment Mm -hmm. complex. That's not the experience we're talking about. That was an experience for a weekend that they gave you the highlight reel of owning rental properties. But wait till you have one that's not performing. And this is the get real show. So getting real, that's a very real thing that at some point you're going to have a property that doesn't perform. Mm -hmm. And actually, you may have properties that perform really poorly that you're going to have to deal with. That's just part of owning real estate over time. Your first 10 may go great. And it's the 11th one that caused you a problem. It may be your first one. We've had a handful of clients that the first one was just not great. It just didn't do well. It's true. But manageable when it's a house. Yeah, true. (laughs) It is not manageable when your first at bat is 150 unit apartment complex and it doesn't go well. And you have a full-time job and a family. That at bat is not good. Exactly. Right. So go get some really good in the trenches education by owning some smaller properties before you jump into the bigger properties and also have enough reserves. Yes, that's true. I can think of examples you've shared on this show over the years, Ron, about your properties in commercial real estate apartments, insurance claims from storm damage, from fire. You've had to manage all of that. You've had to change property management companies because they can't lease up your stuff. I mean, we've talked about all of these individually. Just last week, received a letter of resignation from our on-site manager at our complex. Just, I'm out. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Great. I mean, I was getting ready to go visit the property anyway. So I guess I'm manager next week. Oh, wow. Like this is like a miniature business you're running. So when you have a single family home, you're still running a small business. Okay. But you have a management company. So not a manager, but you have a management company they're managing it. You're the owner, right? So like in in our company, Heather, we have a lot of people. That sales a lot, but we have a small group of people, 13 people. And I own the company. We run the company, but there's a whole bunch of other people. And all of that is complex. Not to mention, we work with a whole bunch of different suppliers and all kinds of different companies, all complex. Okay. It's not that much different when you own a piece of real estate. You got a management company. The management company is hiring contractors on your behalf, right? There's a whole bunch of things that go into this. That doesn't mean that you have to do all of them personally. Exactly. But you do have to talk to your management company about all of them. Exactly. It's probably belaboring the point, but man, I just find so many examples from listening to your stories of how would you handle that, Ron? Like, Well, and your own stories. I mean, we've talked about yours too. 
We were just talking about your non-paying tenant. Yeah. So it's funny because the mad Yelper is not wrong. I mean, tenants don't pay sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) This is part of the deal. Overall, the positives outweigh the negatives, but that doesn't mean the negatives don't hurt. It doesn't mean the negatives don't affect you. You do. Yes. I think the whole point of this podcast is please don't get out ahead of your skis. True. Just don't do that. It's a bad idea. Did you finish reading that post from that friend? Because man, the end of it was so good. And I maybe it's just... I don't know whether I did or not. Because the end of it was so... No, he says, play the long game, put in your time, fail forward, but don't give up. You need those scars and lessons. Surround yourself with others that have learned the lessons that you need to learn. Worry less about getting rich quick and focus on getting rich for sure, no matter how long it takes. I love that. It was such a good post and I really liked it because of the baseball reference. Yes, I love baseball. But it just makes sense if you actually think about it. The problem is that we listen to people online and we listen to people in the seminars and they make it sound so easy to just jump from, well, just leapfrog from zero to hero. Yeah. And it's not. Take it from Mr. 27-year-old, what was it? $1.7 billion fund guy that is losing everything right now. It's not that easy when the rules of the game change. And if you've been in it and have seen the interest rates rise, owning single family, you would have that question, right? If I started buying in 2016, which I did, and then now I'm getting into commercial, I would go, hey, rates have kind of gone crazy. What happens if? Yeah. Maybe I want to read my note before I sign it. Maybe I should understand this note before I sign it. Anyway, we have flogged that horse pretty good. No (laughs) one is saying don't buy commercial properties. Nobody's saying don't buy apartment buildings. Nobody is saying that. Heather and I both love those kind of properties. It's great. Agreed. Do it at the appropriate time. Take the appropriate steps. Don't get out ahead of your skis. Very important. Perfect. And with all of that flogging of the dead horse, until next time, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.